1: I was a little hesitant to speak with Dr. Bernard Ashby. Dr. Ashby works in Florida, takes care of COVID patients. He's bearing witness to that state's record breaking surge of infections at the moment. It's not that I didn't think Dr. Ashby would have interesting things to say. It's just how many times can you repeat the exact same thing? Wear a mask indoors, get vaccinated, support healthcare workers. But when we get on the phone, Dr. Ashby? sounded just as frustrated as I am.
0: The transmission rate is ridiculous down here.
1: Yeah, how are you seeing it?
0: So I'm seeing it in my office, seeing it in the hospital. Patients are coming in by the boatloads. They're younger. They're sicker. And uh, unfortunately, um, you know, we weren't really prepared for the surge that we've gotten, but (laughs) We were never prepared.
1: I wanted to know who a frontline physician would hold accountable for this COVID spike. A dark rerun, complete with the same overcrowded hospitals and regretful patients we've seen before. Watching the news, it feels easy to find a villain, Republican Governor Ron DeSantis. South of the border, COVID-19 numbers are surging in Florida. Yesterday, the state reported its highest daily case count since the pandemic started, and some are blaming the governor.
2: Florida Governor Ron DeSantis blamed the media. You try to fearmonger, you try to do this stuff, and when they'll talk about hospitalizations, our hospitals are open for business. They are, but
1: they're strained. But Dr. Ashby says the blame game misses something.
0: Everyone's playing politics with this. It's not just the Republicans. It's the Democrats, too. And uh, there's a lot of different agendas at play.
1: Dr. Ashby looks at what's happening in his home state as an awful but inevitable collision between an amoral virus and public health messaging gone wrong.
0: At some point, we're all going to be exposed to this virus. The question is whether or not you're going to do it as someone who is immune uh, or someone who is immune-naive. And that's kind of how I, I thought we should have framed it. But in, but instead, they made it sound like, you know, the vaccination would be some kind of force field that will protect you from the virus. And now that we're seeing how vaccines actually work in the real world, uh, a lot of the public health authorities are having to backtrack and uh, kind of explain the things that they should have been saying from the very get-go.
1: Who do you blame for that?
0: Oh, man, I blame everybody. <laughs> hmm Yeah. News flash, coronavirus ain't going nowhere. The Rona ain't going nowhere. It's going to be here for the rest of our lives. Today on the show,
1: inside Florida's surge. We may have to live with this virus, but we don't have to live like this. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next? Stick around. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Take me inside a hospital you work at in Florida right now. Like, what's it like?
0: I'm a cardiologist, first of all. But what I emphasize to people is that before I was a cardiologist, I've always been a a general doctor. And so at the hospital, in addition to consulting uh, cardiology patients, I also take care of general patients as well. And um, so I I do take care of patients that come through the ER with COVID-19 who are very ill. And uh, in that capacity, what you're seeing is just, you know, a lot of sad stories. I I mean, you know, patients tend to be less educated. They tend to be, you know, the working class. Uh, There's a, a large migrant community uh, many of which are undocumented uh, who are coming in and um it, it's unfortunate and uh, what you see is when they come in they're sick they're scared they know about the the horror stories about covid-19 and they are just wondering if if they're going to meet that same demise and you know when you see someone who have who has a o2 sad of you know, less than 80 percent and they're breathing heavy and, you know, sometimes they're sweating. Um, you know, it's, it's a, a sad sight. Um, you, you could really feel the fear coming from them.
1: When you tell a patient they have COVID, I'm curious how they respond. Like, is the response, oh, no, I thought it was this or I meant to get vaccinated. I just didn't make the time. Like, what are you hearing from them as you talk about their illness.
0: You know, it's interesting. I have yet to encounter a patient that was surprised by the diagnosis. They usually know coming in the door that they have COVID-19. I mean, people are listening. They hear the stories. They've probably had a friend or uh, know someone that has had it. And so they know what, what COVID entails. And so they they're not surprised, though, so, so they get the diagnosis. The patients that I'm seeing now, um, a, a large portion of them, uh, well, really all of the patients that I've seen have been unvaccinated. And, um, you know, if they have a, a chance to talk about it, you know, I hear a different story probably, ev- not every time, but, you know, there's certain themes, but, you know, everyone has a different story.
1: Yeah, tell me a couple stories.
0: You know, I had one one patient, uh, you know, she came in with COVID-19 and uh, she was unvaccinated. And I asked her, like, why? Like, why didn't you get vaccinated? Um, and this was after she kind of made it out and wasn't, uh, you know, tenuous. And she basically said that um, she had some concerns, but she just didn't really have the time or the opportunity to get it. And she was uh, someone that was uh, working in, uh, in the fields, like, you know, basically, uh, harvesting, uh, crops.
1: A migrant worker.
0: Exactly. And she wasn't opposed to getting the vaccine. It's just that, you know, no one really talked to her. Uh, no one presented the vaccine to her. Um, and she clearly would have gotten the vaccine if, if she was targeted. And so that's an example of, you know, how we could, you know, do better at, uh, our public health, uh, campaign and, and, Address these populations that are largely forgotten.
1: It's interesting to hear you talk because, you know, I look at the vaccination rate for the state. It seems like Floridians are about half vaccinated, which is sort of the median. Like it's it's right in the middle for the states, which isn't great, but it it is what it is. And I see so much focus on the vaccine resistant, but it sounds like you're also seeing people who just haven't been reached. You know, ever I think some folks may have the perspective of, oh, you can just go to your Walgreens and, and get it. Like, it's so easy. It's free. What are you seeing that you would say to people like that who would say, like, well, isn't it available to everyone?
0: This is indicative of our healthcare system as a whole. I mean, vaccination rates have always been low in certain demographics prior to the pandemic. Access to care has always been an issue in certain demographics prior to the pandemic. And we talk a lot about disparities and, you know, I actually dislike those term disparities and um, uh, inequality, all that yada yada, because it makes it sound- Is it the
1: passive voice you don't like?
0: Yeah, it makes it sound like it's an abstract thing. I mean, I see it every day, you know what I mean? So I see that patients can't afford insurance, uh, a lot of people are uninsured. A lot of individuals have are are uninsured, particularly if you have Medicaid, and they get inferior care. So these patients don't get treated well. Things get overlooked.
1: In some ways, you're you're saying like it makes sense that this would be the population that yes. would be unvaccinated.
0: Yes, yes, they, these people are are not uh, engaged in the first place, and it's interesting that. Uh, a lot of people are surprised by like, like, they're hesitant, like their hesitancy. I mean, we, we didn't care about them before, and all of a sudden we care about them in the context of the vaccine. And I think, you know, this is kind of a wake-up call, and, and we, this should lead to a fundamental reckoning of, of the failures of our healthcare system. I mean, we're one of the worst, if not the worst, performing countries in, in the industrialized world. And that's precisely because we've decided that healthcare is a privilege and not a right. And, and you can see that in how we approach the pandemic and how we approach uh, the treatment of patients. In fact, there's been tons of data, even a recent study that came out of UPenn that showed that your mortality rate from COVID-19 was directly tied to what hospital you went to. And you know what hospitals had the highest mortality rate? Well, the county hospitals, the one in urban areas. The
1: ones that serve black and brown communities.
0: Yes, but also rural communities as well, poor white people. No, they, they get the crappy care as well, and we're not talking about that at all. We're, we're acting like these exi- these issues don't exist, and we're just focusing on vaccination, vaccination, vaccination. You know, you you can't just focus on one thing. You have to take a step back and look at the big picture, because we are failing uh, large demographics of of Americans, and you know, a healthy America is a strong America, and, and we're really forgetting that and. And as a result, uh, we're seeing a large portion of our population uh, die unnecessarily from preventable illnesses and now just add COVID-19 to the equation. And, you know, you got your, you know, your your, uh, stew. And so it's unfortunate.
1: Can we talk about you and your colleagues? Like, I, I heard an emergency physician in Miami quoted basically saying staffing is a huge issue because after a year and a half of treating patients with COVID, everyone was surprised by what's happened now. So how are you seeing that in your hospital? Like, what's the conversation like in the break room?
0: <laughs> You're gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, you know, people are angry. I mean, people are, are tired, you know, people are stressed. I mean, we're just seeing different parties at play. And yes, uh, staff is an issue, uh, but Florida, compared to other states, we have a relatively good nurse-to-patient ratio, and I think that is one of the main reasons why we had a lower case fatality rate. Meaning, when people actually get sick and get hospitalized, uh, their their chance of dying were, were lower than uh, most of the country, and uh, that's
1: because they got higher touch care.
0: Exactly. So that's that's something that you know was a good thing. However. People are tired, people are burned out, and people, we need to address the mental health implications of this. I mean, the entire world has uh, had collective PTSD from this pandemic, but particularly the frontline workers, particularly. Individuals like nurses, like respiratory therapists, like phlebotomists. These people are in these patients' rooms. Uh, They they hear them coughing. They know they're sick. And so they're much more likely to encounter the virus, but they're much more likely to experience the pain and the suffering that these patients are going through. And I, I just don't think they get enough credit, enough appreciation. And frankly, I don't think they get paid enough. So, you know, I think we need to focus on that.
1: When we come back, why Dr. Ashby and his fellow physicians are going head-to-head with their governor, Ron DeSantis.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Dr. Bernard Ashby thinks about how public health officials use their voices pretty carefully. For instance, when we talked about vaccine mandates, he said he wasn't really a fan He worries the people least likely to have access to a vaccine would end up being punished for a systemic problem. But that doesn't mean he agrees with Florida's hands-off approach to the pandemic. In the last few weeks, in between seeing patients, Dr. Ashby has been popping up on CNN and MSNBC to speak out against Governor Ron DeSantis' lack of coordination when it comes to this latest surge. He wants the governor to be more proactive, less Reactive
0: so what can I say about our governor? Uh, I gotta laugh from crying because it's so so reckless. So about two weeks ago, a little bit over two weeks ago, myself and my and some other colleagues uh, actually did a press conference because we saw everything surging and we were like, hey, what's the plan? Let's kind of let's do something here like hospitals are filling up, people are getting sick. what are we doing? And we expressed our concerns. We wanted some action, and you know, we laid out some specific things. But in general, our message was: let's let's be proactive here. And instead of that being met with um, some positive response, I should say, you know, the governor just got all political on us. I mean, uh, they released a statement saying that we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> One, uh, he gave a press conference that alluded to us saying that, you know, these physicians uh, basically want lockdowns and and mandates and he's opposed to all of those?
2: Well, look, if anyone is calling for lockdowns, you're not getting that done in Florida. I'm gonna protect people's livelihoods, but to have the government come in and lock anyone down or restrict anybody is totally unacceptable and it's easy for some physician to advocate that because it doesn't affect them. Uh, it does affect the people in this state so we're going to lift people up. We're not locking people down and we're going to make sure. That-
0: is that what you want? No, I mean, I never said we never said any of that, you know, we didn't even talk about mandates even though I do think mandates are a, a great tool a great idea like we need mass, you know, of course. but. I didn't talk about any of that. I just said, we need to do something.
1: Did you ask to meet with him?
0: Did I ask to meet with him? No, no. That I didn't ask specifically, hey, let, let's sit down. But now that you've mentioned it, I think I will. Hmm. And hopefully he'll listen to me. But, I, but I've never done that. Uh, we were just kind of advocating for our patients, just saying, hey, like leaders, we need to, uh, you know, light a fire, you know, under, under you guys. We, we need to get something done. But Ron DeSantis was was basically making straw man arguments. I mean, he was basically doubling down on his freedom, you know, kind of stance that, you know, he doesn't want government to to you know dictate what to do for for folks.
1: What did you want?
0: Uh we wanted proactive measures. So we wanted this to be made an emergency situation. So I wanted we wanted him to reinstate uh the uh emergency order that was in place, not necessarily the same measures but emergency order so that we can be on high alert and start uh, distributing and allocating resources appropriately. But in addition to that, uh, we wanted uh, masks to be used. Obviously, that's very important. Uh, and this, this is, this predated the CDC recommendations, but DeSantis just didn't do anything. He just talked about politics and and made fun of masks and Fauci and, and whatnot, and just did nothing he was traveling to other States and can't, and basically fundraising for his campaign. We like, basically not taking it seriously.
1: And then, Governor DeSantis did start to act, but not in the way Dr. Ashby would have recommended. DeSantis started out by issuing an executive order limiting the use of masks in schools.
2: I, like, I have young kids. We're, my wife and I are not going to do the mask with the kids. We never have. We I want to see my kids smiling. I want them having fun.
1: The governor might say... I'm not against masks. I'm against mandates.
0: Yeah, but you can't speak out of both sides of your mouth because he'll say he's not against masks, but he's selling campaign merchandise saying, how am I supposed to drink with my mask on? Making fun of masks. You, you have him saying that masks are detrimental to kids.
1: President Biden seemed to agree with Dr. Ashby. Last week, he took aim at Governor DeSantis and his counterpart in Texas, Greg Abbott, that issued similar bans on mask mandates.
0: I say to these governors, please help. But if you aren't going to help, at least get out of the way
1: of the people are trying to do the right thing. But this seemed to play right into DeSantis's hands.
2: And Joe Biden suggests that if you don't do lockdown policies, then you should, quote, get out of the way. But let me tell you this. If you're coming after the rights of parents in Florida, I'm standing in your way. I'm not going to let you get away with it.
1: The governor managed to neatly pivot from COVID to another hot-button issue. So
2: why don't you do your job? Why don't you get this border secure? And until you do that, I don't want to hear a blip about COVID from you. Thank you.
0: Do you ever talk politics with your patients? Oh my goodness! Yes, you know a lot of them see me on TV, <laughs> and uh, and my patients love me, man. And you know I have very different demographics. Uh, you know I have in Miami uh, largely black and Latino, um, in the Treasure Coast uh, largely uh, white rural folks, and you know I have some diehard Trump uh who are my patients.
1: Talking about Florida right now, I'm really reminded of this conversation I had with a reporter in. South Dakota a month or two ago. We were talking with the governor there, similar to DeSantis, didn't want to put in mask mandates and has been really trying to like pump herself up nationally because of her stance. And what he said was, you know, from the outside, it might look like South Dakota doesn't have the best COVID response. But if you're in South Dakota, people really like this freedom that the governor's given them. And I wonder when you talk to your patients, whether you can see that, that there's this perception, even even if the COVID numbers are going up, that the government's doing a good job or whether it's different in Florida.
0: Yeah. You know what's interesting? And this is anecdotal. So you got to you know take it with a grain of salt, I guess. Um, it really depends on how old they are. And... How they assess their risk, and so my older patients who are vulnerable, oh my gosh, they, they they think DeSantis is reckless. But my younger patients, particularly my white male patients, you know that are you know super, you know that meet that demographic, uh, they don't want to wear the mask, they they're not getting vaccinated, and, and they love what DeSantis is doing for sure. But my my older patients. Um, they, they do think that he's acting reckless and they are very concerned because they know the mortality rate is so high in a the demographic. They've known people or or uh, themselves uh, might have had uh, COVID and, and seen people die from it. And so they, they their risk assessment is different.
1: What would you tell your patients in Florida right now who are hearing the news about this surge and maybe feel a little bit helpless?
0: So I would tell them that we are experiencing a crisis now, but you're not helpless. There are things that you can do as an individual to protect yourselves and protect your community. We know that masks work. We know that avoiding indoor spaces is important. Uh, being outside is a better uh, idea because it's safer. I do understand that it's hot, but you know, just keep that in mind get vaccinated. That's extremely important. In In terms of the public health um, message to our leaders, um, we can do things like focus on providing early aggressive care uh, for people that do get sick. Or we're, we're underutilizing the monoclonal antibody therapy. The government has already paid for that and we're not giving it to people anywhere near the rates that we should be. And so That's a message for our leaders and for the public, you know, know that this therapy exists and if you get it early, you'll do very well. Donald Trump got that therapy and that's a big reason why he did well. And so, you know, we just need to be proactive, um, you know, work together as a community um, and not be so ideological about things. Uh, You know, we, you know, we're all, Americans, we're all Floridians, and we just need to realize that because if because the sooner that we we do realize that, the better we can move on with our life. Because again, the coronavirus isn't going anywhere. Uh, there will be flare ups in the future, and it really uh, is incumbent on us to work collectively to protect our entire community, protect the most vulnerable amongst us.
1: Dr. Ashby. Thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciated this conversation.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Dr. Bernard Ashby is a vascular cardiologist in Miami. He's also the Florida director of the Committee to Protect Health And that's our show. What Next is produced by Elena Schwartz, Carmel Del Shad, Davis Land, Daniel Hewitt, and Mary Wilson. We get a little help each and every day from Allison Benedict and Alicia Montgomery. And I, I'm Mary Harris. I will catch you back in this feed tomorrow.